For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. Today, we have a repeat guest with Amelia Van Howen, cultural sociologist, author, marketing expert, and international keynote speaker. In her first episode with us, we spoke about belonging, about community, how we interact with each other, especially right after COVID. And we had to have her back because she has a lot to say about unruly women. So first of all, unruly is my absolute new favorite word, completely going to take on that identity. And she believes that for our society to come back into balance, women need to stop restraining, stop suppressing their ideas and desires. And to do that, she believes we need to all be more unruly. I'm going to let Amelia take it from here and explain what exactly she means by that and how it can help you in your business. Enjoy, Amelia, and let us know on Instagram how you're living an unruly life. So, Amelia, welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. This is appearance number two for you. So welcome back. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you very much. And I'm so happy to be back. (laughs) When we ended our last conversation, I don't know, it was a few months ago, I remember you saying, I have something to say about unruly women. And I was like, what? So we're like, no, we need to have this conversation. So you are here because we want to have a conversation about unruly women. So first, I have to say that when you told me that concept, I was like, I need to be that, whatever that is, whatever that means in Amelia's (laughs) eyes, I need to be, I want to be defined as unruly. Like it's such an appealing, attractive word to me. So what does it mean to you? Well, it means that you are not constrained by the expectations and norms of how it is to be a woman. And instead of being ruled by all these expectations and norms that normally really make women lesser of a human being (laughs) and constrains our creativity, our lust, our physical strength, everything, then instead we should be ruled by our own desire and lust and wishes because then we can actually contribute much, much more and much, much better to the society and have a happy life. 
Well, yeah. So exactly. <laughs> sign me up. So I looked up the definition because I, it's just not a word. Like I'm fascinated by the word. It's not a word that we use. I use often, but now I will. But the definition is disorderly and disruptive and not amenable to discipline or control. And I think part of this is, I think the appealing part is like, because of COVID, we've all been in such tight control and I just want to let loose. Today, I am getting my hair dyed red and I'm going out for dinner. Like two things, two crazy fun things. And I'm so excited. And that's like, I don't know. So I just thought it was fitting that it was, I'm just being super unruly today. Don't tell me what to look like and don't tell me to stay in my house anymore. (laughs) I love that you're going to do that. Yeah. Because sometimes we also need to be unruly to the self-image that we have created. Mm -hmm. Now I'm 55 and I can, you know, I can feel that I'm changing and I cannot exactly pinpoint what it is, but Something is changing, even in my wardrobe. It's like mm-hmm. I want to express uh, different things from other sides of my personality that I don't think I had the room for that before or even the courage to live it out. Mm-hmm. And now I do. And that's so nice. It's so <laughs> nice to do that. And you didn't before because of like societal expectations, do you think? Like it was external to you? Yes, I think so, but also because I was busy doing other things. I was busy trying to succeed as a mother, as an independent, as a sociologist, as a blah, 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 all the things that I did to have a more normal life. And now almost all my kids have moved from home. And I remember when my youngest, he turned 18. And I was just, you know, I knew that all the family would leave at the same time in the morning and I would just stand home alone and I was prepared to break into tears and just break down because I was, mm-hmm. I was my mm-hmm. last and what is going to do? And, you know, and instead what happened was actually that I, without really, you know, it wasn't my will that did it, but suddenly I just raised my hands to, to, into the air and I was just like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> well done, job done, mm-hmm. now it's my turn. And I was really, you know, taken by surprise that that happened. And since then, I have been working with that very much. The unruly concept was older than that, but it was just like it hit me in another way that I have not been liberated from my expectations before. So. First of all, I just want to say, I totally get it. My son is 16 and there is this space and I only have one child and there's this space that makes me so sad because this job is ending, right? But also such excitement for, I think it is the right word, room, room for me to explore and think. And I just drove to my new work condo here and I thought, I am just taking care of me. Like I stopped for a coffee and I knew I had this day with you and, you know, my hair appointment and this day. I'm like, oh my God, it was just like freedom. Like it was just, it's truly like mental space to kind of crawl into and explore. And it's just, it feels fabulous, but there's such an, an opposing like sadness to it. It is a job done. It is a job done. And it's not like my son is leaving me forever. He's 16 and he's still at home. He just stays in his room and never talks to me, but that's fine. But um, <laughs> so I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Talk to us about the concept of Ruli, where it came from, where it started. What was sort of the impetus for the idea? Well, actually, it happened some years ago when I had had some really busy and also pretty rough years. And then I decided to go to India 
to have two weeks where people would just take care of me and I should only receive care. And that was really a new thing for me, just to be receiving because like many business women today, we are contributing with a lot of things all the time. We are active and creative and yeah, contributing with a lot of things. So I felt this need and a week in that vacation, I suddenly discovered how my brain and my creativity suddenly had more space. And that was when this concept came to me. It was just like unruly women have more fun. And we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just like, okay, there it was. And always my best ideas have come like that. I mm-hmm. haven't, it's like intuitive that it comes because I've been working with something for a very long time. And then suddenly I get the essence of the things. But I think that if I had been as busy as I normally would be, then it wouldn't be there. No. So that's such an interesting concept because you know that our audience are primarily women entrepreneurs and they talk a lot about burnout and their lack of creativity and the lack of, they just want to do this one thing, but they can't for all these other reasons. So you were sharing before we started some ideas about women entrepreneurs and creativity. Yes. It was just like the unruly concept is that women have been ruled on three areas of life, our beauty, our sexuality, and our sociality. And I can you know, explain a bit more about that. Mm-hmm. But the really interesting thing about when we talk about women entrepreneurs is the sexuality, because our sexuality is actually our creative life force. Any psychologist you know, would say that it's common knowledge. And That is why it is so interesting that women's sexuality have been constrained and controlled by men for ages. And when we look upon the balance in the world, we can just see, for instance, the climate balance, it's not working. But also a lot of other balances, when we look into statistics of our mental well-being, it's a horror movie. So we have a species, our species, and we have a society that is out of balance. So we need another kind of creativity, another kind of creating our society. And I think that the lack of balance is because the women creativity, the female creativity have been controlled by the men. And then it becomes only one-sided. It's not Mm -hmm. that the men is bad. It's just it becomes one-sided. And nothing in nature is one-sided. It's always at least two-sided. So we need this female creativity in order to create a balance and in order to also solve all these problems that we are facing because COVID-19 is just one of the wicked problems that we are facing right now. And we are going to have many more wicked problems. And in order to solve these wicked problems, we need more diversity and innovation in our creativity. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's like, it just can't happen when it's just so one-sided. So can you just talk about the other two elements are the beauty and the sociality? Yes. The beauty is not beauty in the normal context. The beauty is because women have always been valued by the beauty because it was like their fertility. In nature, then women seek strength in the man because then they are protected and survive. And in nature, then men seek beauty because beauty is health in nature. So it's really logical why it happens. The problem is that women are so connected to beauty that value is if they look good, if they are attractive. 
And what I think about beauty is that we need to take the beauty back and then we should use this to present ourselves like we want. And when we present ourselves, then we make space for us to communicate and do whatever we find important. So it's not about looking good. It's about, you know, making space for you to do what you want and contribute with what you want into society. So I'm just thinking of our clients and what they would be asking me in this regard. (laughs) I can just hear them. So part of the difficulty with this, I mean, love the idea, of course, but women are so fearful of other people's judgment about themselves. Like part of that good girl concept is that we operate from a place of, I'm going to wear this or do this or look like this to please others. Right. And it's like, it's so ingrained, like it is so internalized that we have to whatever we do, however we show up, we must please others. So how do you help women sort of think beyond that and just be okay with criticism or dislike in some cases from others and also the judgment from ourselves? Yeah. I think it starts in the internet internalization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) That we take from the culture. So I judge myself, not because I actually want to judge myself, but in order to survive, I need to be in an addition that is not dangerous towards the others in society because then I could potentially be killed. I know it's not going to happen that I'm going to be killed, but it's our survival mechanism that does that to us. And the more that we actually connect with our own desire and our own creativity, the more we will also have the courage to express ourselves as we want. And the really interesting thing is that there are two things. A lot of women are actually very disruptive because exactly because of the creativity. We do not copy the man's creativity because we are another gender. We have other experiences and that is why we often offer something else than can already find on the market. And we need to know that that has a special value, but it's not going to have this special value unless we give it the value ourselves. You know, we need to be sure of that and we need to lean into our own confidence that we are actually creating something interesting for other people because it's different, because it's original, because it meets some other behaviors and needs. So that is one thing. And the other thing is that when we express ourselves, what often happens is that we attract the people who really need what we have to give. And as long as we do not express ourselves in the original way that we really, really want, then we keep on competing with people that maybe they do exactly what they want. And we are just a bad copy of that. That is why we will never amount our business to a big thing because actually we're not doing what we really want. So if I should say something to these female entrepreneurs is to be actually very, very true to what you want to do. Yes. And to express exactly what you want, because then you will get your audience and Mm -hmm. not somebody else's audience Mm -hmm. that you are going to fight about. You will have your audience and you can lean into your own creativity. 
I love that. And it was just last week that we held our second online conference, Thrive Online. And one of the guest speakers, Kelly Deals, who's a feminist marketing specialist, she said this line. And in our inner circle community, we're just like bouncing it around and thinking about it. And I'm obsessed with it. And she said, speaking to female entrepreneurs, she said that we're... You should, I think she said like, you guys realize that you're playing a game you were never meant to win. And I think you're just saying that in an exactly the same thing, but just in a different way. We're just like beating our heads against the wall if we try to not express that our own creativity and our own, like what you were saying, that to do what you want. Like, I just think it's such an interesting idea. Like, what are your true deep desires? And like, why aren't you going after it? Like, what are the thoughts? What are the things from society? What are the judgments that you were just being held down by? Yes. And also, if you go, to be loved, if you go after being loved by people mm. that you actually don't want to be a group in, you know, mm -hmm. that you don't love, then you will always lose. If you want to change the world, you need to go other ways than has been, you know, done before. So I've just seen that a thousand times with women and also some men that they try to create something new by copying something old. And that will never happen, of course. And they try to copy something old because they are afraid of being excluded from the people who have power. But if they do so, then they keep on manifesting the existing That's power right. system instead mm -hmm. of creating a new power system. And that mm -hmm. is exactly what I was trying to say before, that we need a new power system because the one that we have now isn't working. Yeah, 100%. So you have a TED talk with this concept of unruly women, and I listened to it. And you said new superhero. We need a new superhero. <laughs> exactly. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, but the unruly women, as I see them, is a new superhero because they can create a new world that makes room for everybody to thrive. Because what we actually do is we give space and room for everybody to be their own original self. I know it sounds very naive and very fluffy and so on, but it's just that if you have been in this term, the gender that or the sex, both of them, that has always been suppressed in all the important ways of being a human being in your way of presenting yourself, in your sexuality, creativity, and your sociality, then of course, if you make a ride <laughs> against that. If you don't want to take on that and you want to break those rules, then mm -hmm. of course you make another way of letting everybody trying to express themselves and live the life they want and contribute with what they want. And I know that you will always, ah, oh, I just forgot the word. Well, you have one system and then another system comes. I don't remember what- Like it, evolving or like evolution, like something changes yeah, into something. Exactly. When you change one system with another, mm -hmm. you know, it always happens. It's very, very difficult to have a lot of systems co-living together. There will almost always be a system that is dominating and we can create a new system that can be dominating. I know that. But what I'm actually trying to say is that, you know, when you try to break a system that hasn't worked for a long time, then it gives room for a lot of new systems to be birthed mm -hmm. and to change the whole world in different areas of life. And we need that. We've been having lots of conversations about how so many of women founded businesses do not make 100K. In fact, it's 88% of women run businesses do not 
break the six figure mark. And there's obviously so many reasons that that happens. But one of the points we were saying is like, if we choose to under earn, under price, you know, not go out and find those original ideas, not follow those true deep desires that we want, we're kind of like passively voting for that, you know, cisgendered white male to continue the system that you're talking about to have the money and to have the power. And for me, it's like, I'm not okay with that. Like, what do I need to do to start to shift this? That's a really great question. I think that the first thing you have to do is actually ask yourself if you believe that you can change the world. And if you do that, if you really do that, then start doing it by going and contributing with what is really important for you. And then also have a more, not that you should have a more, but we have to have a more professional way of thinking. So when we start a company, we actually start a company, a company, and not not just, you know, working in the child's room because that is the only place when I can close the door. And then I always do it after the laundry. You know, we need to take it seriously Mm -hmm. and believe that we actually can change things because what we think is important is important. And mm-hmm. that is actually the most, well, the biggest constraint that I have seen that a lot of women, they actually don't really, really think that what they feel, what they need, what they think is important, not just to themselves, but just mm-hmm. because they think it's important, it is important for the society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really important point because a lot of women entrepreneurs they have a passion and they, you know, in our case, that's a lot of teachers and a lot of coaches, but they minimize or downplay the importance of their work. And it often will sound like, but there's so many other, I don't know, wellness coaches. There's so many other people teaching yoga. Like, how am I going to survive or who's going to pay me when there's hundreds of other people doing? the same thing that I'm doing. Yeah. If that's what they think about themselves, then I would never pay them. <laughs> of course not. I wouldn't. I want to lean upon someone who really, really knows, not just believes, but knows that they can do this difference that everybody is looking for. So it starts with yourself. And if you don't take that as seriously as that, mm-hmm. don't start your company. Because then it's just going to be some kind of failure experience because you have already started by actually expecting failure. Yeah, we call that failing forward, right? Like yes. it's, I have this idea and I would love to do it, but it is super dangerous to put myself out there, my image, my voice, my thoughts. I'm like open to criticism. So if I just stay right here and spin <laughs> yeah. around with like creating logos and, you know, messing about with a little Facebook page and, you know, stare at the competition all day long, that's kind of comfortable. You know, it's not fun, but it's like known and comfortable. And I can, I know I'm going to survive. But to go out there and say something, you know, it's like, I'll just like, you're failing forward. You're just sitting here failing. You haven't actually done anything in your business. We see that a lot. Yeah. And it's terrible because we actually need what they know. We need this unruliness in order to disrupt the society. So we need that, but we need them to believe it first. Right. Because if they don't believe it, they're never going to change anything because they don't do it in big scale. I don't think they see their uniqueness. Like sure, maybe you teach yoga or maybe you coach business or you help, you know, trauma informed, whatever. Everybody comes at it with a different 
view and maybe yes, it's still like yoga, but like your view and your learning and your stories can really touch somebody that somebody else might, right? Like you're saying something very similar to what Kelly Deals is saying. And, you know, maybe it's the same message, but Kelly Deals will say it one way and reach some people and you'll say it some way else and reach others. And I think we need all the voices saying all the things, right? It's like packaging. It's like a different package. Exactly, because we're never the same. And in different times of our lives, we need different ideas and different experiences. So we listen to different people. And what we listen to is people who are authentic, who really believe in what they say and what they do. So if I were them that you're talking about, I would first and foremost ask myself, do I actually believe that this could change the world. If I was, you know, God or goddess, you pick, uh, then would I create a world with this that I'm contributing with? And if you say no to that, then find out what you would do otherwise. Mm. Because otherwise, you know, it's not going to succeed. And also you will always sell yourself short because you don't really think that you're worth it, but you know, you need some assignments. And then, so you say, no, I can do it very cheap then. Mm Because then you are working and you have a company, Mm -hmm. but you're actually not really. It's a hobby. It's a hobby with a little money. And that's right. 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 So how would you describe an unruly female entrepreneur? Like if someone's like starting their business early days, what do they do? How do they show up that makes them unruly? It starts with your idea. And if your idea is unruly, is somehow breaking some kind of norm or some kind of idea that has been working for a long time, then if it does that and you feel comfortable with that, then you are an unruly woman because then you are starting to change the society. If you feel uncomfortable about that, then the first thing you should do is to be comfortable with it. And in order to become that, then you need to know why is it that I'm not comfortable with this? Is that exactly because I'm constrained about the norms and ideals and expectations and so forth? And that's the first homework that you need to do, no matter what kind of product that you're going to sell. And also you need to ask yourself, do I want to be the CEO of this? Do I want to be the goddess of this company. Because if I don't want to, if I work as a salesperson or if I work as an accountant in my own company, and that is the identification that I actually have and not the CEO, then I need to think about that again. So you want to be a leader and you want to believe your own idea. If one of those two is not what you identify with, then you need to know why. Yes. And that is some of the work that we do inside our programs. It's just like, why are you so fearful or terrified to go and do that? We are always trying to move people into thinking of themselves as a CEO, because I love you use that word. Because again, women just like shrink down and hide and be quiet and minimize and don't bother and don't speak up and just, you know, be quiet. And so, but there's so much internalized beliefs that will stop you from believing that this your CEO stop you from thinking that your work is going to change the world and that you're valued or that you're needed, right? It's just, again, more comfortable to be. And I do understand because Mm -hmm. actually the third thing about unruliness, it's this sociality. Oh yes, we missed that. No, we didn't. (laughs) 
not because you just said it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you just did not know. The sociality is that what we have been trained for always, that we have been the ones that took care of the mm. of the family. And we could sacrifice ourselves and our needs in order to keep the group together and sane and sound. And if we don't do that, if we don't put the group first, then we do not live up to our own assignment and then we die. <laughs> you know, that's what we have been raised with, not necessarily something that has been conscious, but it's in the unconscious. So if a woman, for instance, says, hey, I'm the best and I want this and I need this and I'm going to do this, then after that, I'm going to take care of my family. Then she becomes very unfeminine unlovable mm -hmm. she becomes, you know all very bossy and who does she think she is also that but also inside her own smaller group also you know just between friends she can become very unlovable and when a woman is unlovable she is almost already dead in the primitive brain like that is reality that is truth like you are going to die if you step too far from the tribe speaking anthropologically. Yes, but also you are actually going to die socially. Mm -hmm. Today, you know, it's not because there are tigers or anything outside now, if you go out of the group. It is also you die socially because then you become a person that you do not want to be with, and then you are lonely. And that is what we always hear about women climbing up the CEO ladder. That when they become CEOs, then first and foremost, if they're not married, they are never going to be married because no man wants a woman who earns more than he or has a higher position than him. Of course, there are a lot of men who would like, but that's just the normal saying about women. And also she has less friends because, you know, she becomes unsocially. Like unsociable or un like not accepted socially. <laughs> yeah, because she's too hard or she's egoistic or you yeah. know, all that. And I just need to say that that is bullshit. Sorry, but that's <laughs> bullshit. Because of course you can be a very lovable and caring woman and at the same time be a badass CEO. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's two things that come up for me from that is like, I think a lot of women will be like, I want to say that, but then who is going to put my family first? Who is going to make the dentist appointment and buy the dog food? Like, do you see the women that are successfully unruly asking for help at home and receiving it? Well, in Denmark, we are a bit strange because uh, <laughs> women think that, <laughs> that we should take care of everything. And domestic help is not something that we do very much here in Denmark. But it's coming more and more. So, of course, you mm -hmm. need help. That's what I wanted to say about the company you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't do everything yourself. After I got a PA myself, there's a lot of things that I don't do anymore in my company. And it's so good because then I can actually concentrate on the things that I am good at. I'm not good at bookkeeping. I, I never did that. But, you know, making my newsletter, all the boring parts of that and so forth. There's actually another thing that I just wanted to say. And that's also that another thing that I have seen a lot with women is that they expect from other people to allow them to feel what they feel, to do what they do, to think what they think, instead of just doing it. Like they want permission from somebody. 
Is that what you mean? Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. They want permission instead of just doing it and Mm -hmm. maybe get forgiveness afterwards. And when Mm -hmm. you ask who is going to take the kids to the dentist, if they don't go, then in the evening you can always, you know, see, okay, nobody took our kid to the dentist. Why didn't you think about it? Mm -hmm. How are we going to make a system where both of us are equally taking care of our kids? Because a lot of women also say, my husband helps me a lot in the home. I'm just like, is he helping you because you are the primary person to take care of everything at home? Or should you maybe make a new contract about that? Mm -hmm. Because if you start a company, then you actually start a company. It's not just a hobby. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take it seriously, your husband or your partner and your kids also, they're Mm -hmm. not going to do it. And when we talk about kids, I have three young men now as kids. (laughs) My sons are young men now. But I think it's important that they have seen a mother who has created her own company. That's how change happens right there by witnessing what the parents are doing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that I can stay with them all the time, but it doesn't also mean that I was never together with them. And then also they saw how it is possible to do what you really like to do and actually Mm -hmm. create some kind of company with that. And all of them actually want to be more or less independent too. Yes, such a great point. The other thing when you were talking about women stating what they want and sort of being ostracized socially and sort of separate. And I really see that kind of behavior. Like if I declare what I want and I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to work on my company instead. And then people are like, I think that it's like, as women, we can use the patriarchy against ourselves and against each other. Like if I hear Amelia say, I'm going to go do this, this, and this, I'm like, she can't do that. That's me using the patriarchy and judging her from that lens, right? And I think as women, we really need to witness when that happens because... If we really want to break these cycles, we need to like support each other. So if we hear a woman who wants to be a CEO and doesn't want to have children or refuses to vacuum or whatever, like, hell yeah. Like, let's just like get behind her and support her and talk her up instead of judging her and separating her socially. Yeah. And you are so right. It's so important. I think that the women who do that, who use the... Use the patriarchy. Thank you. Against ourselves, uh, women who are actually not, who doesn't have the courage to do what they really want to do. Yes, probably very true. Yeah. So every time we meet that in other women, instead of, you know, becoming angry or saying something against it or something, they should maybe just ask them, what do you dream of doing? What would you really like to do if you had no constraint? Mm-hmm. Ask them questions that goes into what they dream of, what they long for, what mm-hmm. they desire, because then maybe they're going to find out that judging others is actually often a sign of not living the life that you really want to. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that, and yeah. other aspects, yeah. it can be it's not that, but when it comes to that, when it comes to why don't you take care of your kids? It's just like, it's my kids. Buzz out, you know, it's not your kids and my kids seem to be okay. But what are you giving up in order to become the perfect mom? Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was struck by watching the TED talk and the group of women that you had there watching you. And 
it was like, we all need, like there's our like cheering and hooting, hollering, whatever time you said, let this be unruly women. And I was like, that energy, like, couldn't we all just find that community with those kind of thoughts and beliefs and like, I'm going to support you no matter what you do. Tell them who are those women? I love that you notice that. Really, mm-hmm. it's so nice. Yeah, because you're so right. Everybody, not only women, but everybody should always create a group around themselves that has this kind of, what did you call hoot? I, I just said hooting, hollering. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm from yeah, Western yeah. Canada. So we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least as supporting each other. Yeah. And if you don't have people around you to do that, then find them, really find them and mm-hmm. become one of them selves because yeah. otherwise you cannot expect that from others. These women are some of my good friends. I actually have been collecting mm. <laughs> really good friends, really good women for a number of years. And I have a lot of women around me that are like that. So these were just a small group of the big group of women that I have because I have been conscious about that. And I love to put women together and always support each other because we need that not Mm -hmm. against something where we just need that I think that's the sociologist in me (laughs) yeah no no and I think again I think because of COVID and I was like oh look at her in a room full of friends like how fun would that be right so all right well this has been amazing and I just want everyone to go watch that TED talk so where can they find that they can find it on my English homepage, emiliafenhauen.com. It's on the, the front page. They can just find it there. Yeah. And it's like 20 minutes. So it's not, you know, two hours long or anything. It's nice. I loved it. Okay. So final thoughts from you. What's the message you want to leave our entrepreneurial audience with? I think that the most important thing to find out is that if you cannot feel what you really desire, what makes you happy then it's there where it starts. And if you're afraid of something, find out why Why? you are afraid. Because that is always the entrance to your courage, always. Mm -hmm. And your entrance to your courage is also the entrance to your creativity. And that's what we need. I love that phrase, actually, Amelia. I love entrance (laughs) to your creativity and entrance to your courage. I love it. Okay, so we always end the episodes with a joy and hustle. And we didn't talk about this before we started. Do you have a joy and hustle? I forgot it. <laughs> okay. So joy and hustle, Amelia, do you have a joy, something that is bringing you joy right now? Actually, yes. Hold on. Just a <laughs> oh my God. I love it so much. I love it. Oh, this is also on YouTube. So, oh my gosh. Oh, my little puppy. Ooh. <laughs> he's not let me see him oh my god oh my god he's so how old is he he's an actual puppy yeah well he's six months now oh my and, god uh, his name is uh, Tintin like the reporter you know, yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 oh now he wants to go down <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's really bringing me joy I have oh. never had a dog before and oh. I have always been a bit dark and then when my kids started to move out, I was just like, I had too much love in me and care that I could, you know, I didn't have an outlet for that. Yeah. And so I got a puppy and I am really amazed how much you both mm-hmm. feel and get. 
I'm really amazed. So I would just tell everybody to get a puppy. Yeah. It's like you just want to nurture something. Like you just want to take care of something. I also have a dog and sometimes yeah. I want to give him away. Um, yes. All too. of our all of our <laughs> clients know how disruptive my dog Dexter is, but uh, still I love him to pieces and yeah, it makes a huge difference. So, okay. And then the hustle, is there something that you're using to help in your business or a business tool or something that you're, you know, efficiency or something that you're loving? to help you hustle. Yeah, actually, I listen to a lot of podcasts and mm-hmm. books online because I uh, travel a lot and I have many hours in my car, in airports and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. And in, in order not to, well, to use the time in a good way instead of just uh, wasting it, then yep. I listen to a lot of things that either makes me happy or gives me information or just makes me remember another way of living than my own. So is there, what's the podcast you're listening to right now that you're loving? Well, I have some Danish and that you can use, but also, and she spoke. (laughs) Well done. Well done. (laughs) Uh, And also, where should we begin with Esther Perel? Oh, yes. She's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And also the ones with uh, Brenda Brown. Yeah. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that too. She's like the ultimate interviewer to me. Like I'm just, I love listening to her, you know, pull things out of, well, she's also a sociologist, right? Isn't uh, she? No, I think she's a psychologist. Oh, okay. I but never she's, actually thought about it. I, I just I assumed think, that she was... Uh, I think she's the same as you. Really? Mm-hmm. How nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I just remember thinking about her that like, who knows sociologists? Like, no offense. It's just not something that you, I just don't know anybody. It's not something that you go into. And then she has this whole career based on this and all her research. And then we met you and I'm like, oh, I think that I should have become a sociologist. Like that was, I think it's super interesting and a cool career. (laughs) Anyway, we'll look it up to make sure. Emilia, if people want to know more about you, where can they go? To EmiliaVanHowen.com. Also .dk if they speak Danish. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for a great repeat performance. And let's keep this conversation going. Yes, please. Thank you. And thank you to you. (laughs) Thanks. Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our Inner Circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high-touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application, and if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.